Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinsing, episode 438. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 438. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Today we have a very cool segment with two guests, Amelia Ilo and Althea Smith, partners in a brand new farmer to florist sales platform called Rooted Farmers. You'll be hearing much more about Rooted Farmers in the future because we've partnered for 2020 to bring this resource to the Slow Flowers community. As you know, slowflowers.com is an online directory to help connect U.S. and Canadian consumers with domestic flower sources and to help farmers and florists find one another and do business with one another. However, as I frequently admit, I think like a journalist, not like a business person. I always had a desire for slowflowers.com to include a sales mechanism, but those skills required are way beyond me. So when last fall, a Slow Flowers member named Amelia Ilo of Reverie Flowers in New Hampshire reached out to me and told me what she was doing, I was very intrigued. Amelia wrote this, I'm a Slow Flowers member based in New Hampshire and a huge supporter and beneficiary of your work. I spent this past year testing a business model that works exclusively with local flower growers and had a tremendous response from both our grower network and all of our floral buyers. My partner and I are at a point to begin discussions with other folks within the industry and as such I'm reaching out to see if you might have some time to connect on the phone. Well, it was the beginning of a conversation that led to in-person meetings and eventually Rooted Farmers joining Slow Flowers as a major sponsor for 2020 and Slow Flowers endorsing the Rooted Farmers platform for our members. I alluded to the launch of Rooted Farmers in my 2020 Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast in the section called Agriculture Driven Design. I wrote this, the next chapter in this shift is being authored by designers who weave the agricultural narrative through their aesthetic and branding, from creative collaborations between flower farmers and floral designers, to new apps and online resources that help florists learn who is growing what and when that's available, the direct connections between the field and the studio are more important than ever. 
Well, that paragraph was a direct reference to Rooted Farmers and the exciting way Amelia and Althea are solving problems and addressing pain points in the sales and buying process for local flowers. So let's jump right in and get started. I know you'll find this a fascinating conversation and you can follow our links to all the details in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited to bring a very special episode to you today. I want to introduce some new partners with Slow Flowers, a company called Rooted Farmers, and the two women who are behind it. So first, I want to introduce Amila, Amelia Ilo. <laughs> Hi, Amelia. <laughs> Hi, Deborah. Amelia is a Slow Flowers member. She owns Reverie Flowers in Etna, New Hampshire, and her partner, Althea Smith. Hi, Althea. Hi. <laughs> it's great. You're not a flower farmer, right? I am not yet a flower farmer. <laughs> okay. Maybe someday. <laughs> well, uh, just a little bit of a backstory. Um, you know, I really, like a lot of members around the country, I only have a sort of a email correspondence with members. And Amelia uh, and I really just had had that connection through Slow Flowers. And she reached out to me last fall and introduced me to a new project she was involved in. And, and as it, I was so intrigued. And as it turned out, I was going to New England for a wedding. And we actually found a way to meet and in person. And uh, I learned so much more about Rooted Farmers and the fact that um, I could go be in New England in I think we met in Maine and Amelia was is based in New Hampshire but it's not too far away but Althea came up from Pennsylvania and so the three of us got to meet and I was really excited to have that FaceTime with you and I it a lot has happened since then so let's just jump right in and maybe have uh, Amelia and Althea describe what Rooted Farmers is and um, we'll we'll just work our way through this story for all of you to hear. Sure. So Rooted Farmers is um, basically an, uh, a, an online marketplace where um, growers can go and list all of their flower inventory and um, be able to maintain their own profile page and, and kind of have an online presence um, and, and get access to a whole lot of flower buyers who are also um, on the other end of the platform. So it's really intended for wholesale use only. Um, we want to make sure that we're maintaining that um, that wholesale relationship with people who are actually um, uh, legitimate wholesale buyers, <laughs> right. um, and not trying to not trying to skirt um, the system in any way, um, and trying to to get flowers at cost who shouldn't be. But but on the grower side, we really wanted to make sure that we were um, focusing on folks who. Um, who are legitimate growers and and have experience in this space and um, and are not uh, you know I, I I laugh thinking about a friend of mine who's down in Somerville Massachusetts and he has um, an overgrowth of mint in his backyard <laughs> and um, and I was chatting with him at one point and he's like well I could just be a mint farmer on, on your platform I said no we are not going to do that so so that is um, so that is our goal is to really have folks who. Um, who are legitimate buyers and legitimate growers um, on the platform and being able to make connections for them there in that way. Well, it's very important what you clarified is that this is not a B2C platform. This is a B2B uh, way to do business with um, growers and, and buyers, basically, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but backing up, you've been a flower farmer for a while, 
Amelia, and uh, there was something that, there's some kind of pain point that happened that, that you've been experiencing, and your sort of brother and sister flower farmers in the New England area had all shared with you, and you kind of cooked up something that, that led to starting Rooted Farmers, right? Yeah, we did. So, so I have been farming for, I guess, four-ish years. Um, and um, we kind of over that time got to know some of the other growers in my area. We're in um, northern New England, so we're zone four. Um, and uh, it's, it is awfully chilly. <laughs> um, and, and so it's helpful to have those connections around us geographically because um, there are problems pretty specific to our region um, that are really nice to be able to talk through with other folks um, who, who know the problem. Um, so, so we all kind of had had this similar problem where a lot of us had, um, because we're in these, this rural area, we had the capacity to grow a lot more than we were able to sell locally to the handful of florists and designers around us. Um, and, and that was kind of sort of tugging at me, this mm. idea for a while of, you know, how, how do we make farming our career? Um, we collectively as growers where, where we have this sort of upper limit on how much we can really sell wholesale locally to us. Um, and so, you know, that kind of took, um, a lot of different forms over, <laughs> over the years. So, um, I ended up, uh, I had been exploring options for, um, how to move more product and, um, eventually I ended up buying an old U S postal distribution truck. Um, so that was in the spring of 2018. And my thought there was that I'd refurbish it. Um, we would, uh, be able to use it for pop-ups or for events and, um, markets and deliveries and be able to have a mobile cooler in it. Um, and so I, you know, that was, that was my genius idea was, I was, <laughs> I was going to be able to make a food truck, but for flowers yeah, and be able cool. to bend out of it. Wow. Um, so that was that was sort of my that was my plan for my farm and how I was going to how I was going to be able to grow our, um, you know, scale our business beyond what we were doing. And um, so I was making all sorts of plans that was in this in the sort of summer of 2018. And I was making all sorts of plans for 2019 um, as we were refurbishing it. And uh, out of the blue, our four year old started having some um, some some very serious health issues um, and they, they were not things that we could deal with locally. Um, and so we ended up, it it was one of those sort of awful life moments where, um, everything just stopped for us. Um, we weren't, we weren't really making plans more than a couple of days out. Um, we were doing a lot of trips down into Boston, which is the closest city for us so that we could, you know, get down for testing and doctor's appointments for him. Um, and it was just, it was just sort of one of those moments in life where you just hit pause, um, on, on everything and it, and it completely consumed us. Um, which was really, it was, that was like, you don't, you don't wish that on any parent. Um, and so, you know, I think fast forwarding, um, a little bit, um, we eventually were able through some incredible doctors there to, to get clarity on his prognosis. And, um, thank God it turned out to be way, way less worst case scenario than what we originally feared. So we're, so we're in really good shape there, but it was, it was a really interesting, um, it was a really interesting process for us because, so we have three kids, um, and he's our youngest. And I think 
a lot of the parents out there will appreciate that um, you don't always get as much alone time with each of your kids right. <laughs> as, as you might like. Um, and so it was really, it was, it was fun that we, you know, all of the other stuff set aside, it was, it was fun to be able to have conversations with him um, in this setting where we could actually hear him rather than having him drowned out by his sister's volume. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, and so so on one of these trips down to Boston, um, you know, it, I guess context is my kids are like, they're the epitome of country bumpkin children. They like, to, they are just blown away by the idea that there are trains in cities. And, <laughs> um, so, so on one of these trips down there, he was looking around and we were waiting for an appointment and he said, you know, there are a lot of your trucks down here. And I said, there are a lot of my trucks down here. And he said, you should bring your truck to Boston. <laughs> this is a, a four-year-old's advice. <laughs> it was a four-year-old suggestion. And, and it was like this high-level business strategy. He's like, got it, mom. You're, you gotta, you got to start selling products, <laughs> moving stuff down here. Um, and it was my immediate reaction was just like, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Why didn't I think of that? Because basically you, what you've alluded to is, uh, and a lot of rural farmers have this problem, your capacity for production it out is far outpaces the local demand. For sure. But you yeah. have the and supply. We have the supply and we all have the supply and we all for the most part, have the ability to grow even more than what we're doing right now. You mm. know, there. this is sort of a universal conversation with any grower I've talked with where they're like, I, you know, I could do so much more than right. what I'm doing right now. I could, I could grow so much more if I just had a place to move it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think that was, that was sort of, um, that was sort of the foundation for this idea um, and so, so because he, he was in a much better place in his health, um, and, uh, and I kind of had this headspace, um, to start thinking about, you know, what this, what this idea might look like, how would I make this work? There were, there were a few, um, sort of running themes that I felt like I needed to kind of work through in order to, um, in order to actually, you know, kind of have, have a an idea here that could be more than just an idea. Um, and I think, you know, one was the consistency of volume. So, you know, it, on a lot of weeks, I had enough volume to justify a trip down to the city, um, which for us is two, two and a half hours, um, a drive each way. Right. And, but it, but it wasn't consistent every week. And to work with a lot of these florists, you know, you need to maintain a relationship um, uh, that's, that's consistent with them. Otherwise you kind of, you know, fall off from their radar. Um, so that was something that, uh, that struck me. And, and the solution that I came up with was what if I talk with all of these other growers I know in this area? Um, because I, I, I have to believe they're having the same problem. Um, and maybe they would have some interest. And, and if we could just move all of our product down here, then, um, we might really be onto something. Um, so, so I did, I talked with them a little bit and, and we kind of had a conversation and there was some, um, there was some interest in exploring this idea. Um, but there were some really, uh, interesting challenges, which, um, I'm sure resonate with a lot of the co-ops in the area, in the, in the U S. Um, when you get that many farms together, who all need to list product out to, you know, a group of buyers, um, there, there are challenges with the availability list 
approach. Um, and, and it just wouldn't be doable. So Althea and I both, um, until a couple of weeks ago, um, had been working full time also. And so there were just actual time constraints for us in terms of, you know, how much can we, how much can we do? Um, we, we want to try this out. We want to test this. Um, but, but how much time do we have to build these availability lists and, and, um, what does that mean in terms of how we structure this idea? The, the availability list is was going to be the essential tool to help buyers know what was being cut in any given week and what was going to maybe be on that truck, right? Well, so the availability list is is a pretty typical way for farmers, whether it's one farm or a group of farms, to communicate what they have mm-hmm. to their buyers. And, um, and to give you a sense, you know, there were... I think we had eight farms um, at our peak last summer who were all supplying product. And we had 200 different flowers, unique flowers on our list that for any buyer sifting through that, you know, they kind of get lost in the weeds and um, and often they'll just check out and they'll say, forget it. I, you know, I don't have time to sift through this. So um, so so we knew that that wouldn't work. Um, and so I started playing with this idea in my head. Um, and I kept coming back to this um, this sort of idea of a website that would work a lot like Etsy does, um, but but for wholesale and for flower farmers, um, where each farmer would have their own sort of profile page and be able to upload their inventory, um, and uh, and then all of across all of the farms, all of the inventory would aggregate on the buyer end, so so the buyer would be able to see all of those farms listings and be able to shop in one place across all of these different farms. Um, and so I was playing with this idea in my head and I thought, this is great. This is, this, this would be easy. This, we could totally do this. (laughs) Um, and I really, I was not, I am not a tech person (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um, and so I started talking with a friend of mine who is like a, a super crazy, super geek, um, and is one of the co-founders of an app called Strava. Um, and he, his reaction as we talked through all of it was, you have to do this. Mm. And I know exactly the right person for you to do this with. Mm. And so it was at that point that he connected me with his niece, who is Althea. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What were you doing at the time, Althea? Um, I was working full-time at, uh, my company, which, I just left, okay. <laughs> which is very exciting. Um, a company based out of Maryland that does healthcare data. So you were kind of in that space of knowing how to manage it and build and manage a database and then how to collect and organize all kinds of data or bits of information that need to be interpreted by somebody who maybe doesn't have sort of the tech skills that you do. Is that a fair fair assessment? Yes, definitely. Or- that's, um, that's basically... <laughs> that pretty much describes my whole career in tech is just uh, how to, <laughs> I think there's this big translation layer almost of, of what we've built, which is how do we have something that's intuitive to growers and speaks their language when they're uploading their inventory items and adding things to their lists on their side that also is perfectly understandable for any different type of buyer at the same time. Anyone who maybe really knows the Latin names of flowers and knows what they want or someone who just knows that they want pink flowers on this day. Mm. Um, and I think that we've really built something that kind of aggregates all of, um, can, can put together all of the different inventory of the growers so in a way that's really accessible to any of the users. 
That's interesting. You have to think of like the ways that florists purchase flowers. And some are color driven, some are variety driven, some are bought from a specific source. And so all of those have to be search searchable, basically. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's so it was really interesting talking with all of the florists, um, because that's exactly right. I mean, they so some of them are very, very specific in what they're looking for. Um, and, you know, they know that they want a blush cafe au lait dahlia um, and they and they have to have it for this bride who is asking for this specific flowers. And then others are really just looking for, you know, pink filler flowers. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter what specific flower it is as long as it can, um, you know, last in a bouquet for them. Um, others are looking for specific design elements. So they might be looking for, um, you know, a spike or, um, like an airy element, like a grass or, um, or just any sort of focal flower. They want to see what we have. Um, and and then others really just have a relationship with a specific farm and, you know, they, they only want to shop from that farm's inventory. And so, building something that was flexible around all of these very, very, very different, um, buying habits was, was a fun challenge for, for Mm. Althea, especially, I think. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there were, I mean, I I know you two have been working on this sort of as your side, excuse me, your side hustle for months. And so I can't even imagine how many conversations you had over late night telephone calls or screen shares to try to (laughs) try to build this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we got to know each other really well, pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, And, um, and I think it was, it was really fun for us. I think, um, you know, it, it started as, um, something that was just sort of a fun side project where, you know, it was a challenge for both of us in very different ways. Um, and, and it also started as something that was very local, Mm. Um, you know, very specific to our area where we just kind of were testing out a, a you know, a hypothesis and said, you know, do do people, is, is there demand for something like this? Um, and it would be, you know, demand coming from both the, the farmers who really want something like this, because that's that's the number one question is, do farmers want something like this? Right. Um, and there was initial skepticism before. So, so I guess backing up a little bit, um, so the first half of last season, we ran it um, wanting to make sure that buyers wanted to actually buy local product. You know, all of these buyers in the Boston area, um, they seem like they want to buy social. Uh, sorry, they seem they seem like they want to buy on social media mm. um, a lot of local product. Mm-hmm. But do they actually? You know, are they going to put their money where their mouth is? Do they want the stuff that we can bring to them? Um, and so we tested it, just the model and not the platform just to see, you know, do people want all of this product we can bring in? And, um, and we were selling out. I mean, there were, there were weeks that we just sold out of all of our products. So peonies are a great example where yeah. we could have sold like five times what we actually, um, had for peonies. And that was across not a whole lot of buyers at that time, um, so, so that was the first half of the season is we were sending out these availability lists and saying, you know, here's what we have. We would send out pictures with them, um, just in an email. And, um, and, and so we got people used to the product, um, which for a lot of these folks was new. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. It, it was, you know, there were, 
they have some exposure to some of the more popular flowers that I think you see a lot on like Pinterest. Um, but a lot of what small flower farmers are growing is, you know, just very specialty crops. Um, and they're not available through traditional wholesalers. And so there was, there was a layer of needing to get them used to a product that they had never worked with before. Um, but, but they wanted it and they wanted to play with it. They wanted to experiment with it and, um, they would test it and see how long it lasted, um, in their shops. And so, so, so that was the first half of the year. And then, and then the second half of the season was when we launched our super, super, bare bones <laughs> platform, um, which, uh, we actually thought that we broke something in it. We thought we did something wrong in the first week that we launched it because we had gotten a sense for how much each of these buyers was spending mm. every week on product and it doubled Wow! when we launched the platform. And so we thought we did something wrong because it never would have occurred to us that actually it was just, you know, a difference in how they were shopping. And so we went out and we asked for feedback from all of these buyers and said, why, why did you start spending so much more? Um, and, and the answer was that they just, it was so easy. They could just shop so easily. It essentially worked like an Amazon for flowers for wow. them, um, which from our perspective was very unexpected. I think, um, yeah, we, we, we weren't, expecting to see that sort of, um, growth from them. Were they shopping on, um, on a mobile platform or on their desktop? Do you, or did you ask that question? We did ask that question. So most of them were shopping on a desktop, okay. um, and, and a couple were shopping on mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but most of them were on desktops. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes a lot more sense because the photos can be larger and they're a little bit, e it's probably a little bit easier to organize, you know, galleries and that sort of thing. If you're on a bigger screen, um, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how I would pr prefer <laughs> using it. I know it's always hard for me to order something on my phone, even though I have done it, but I generally, you know, I'm always worried that I'm going to order too much or order the wrong thing. Cause I'm not seeing the right box to click. So, <laughs> well, I think, um, I think for them, there was ease of use that mm -hmm. they weren't, um, accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So they were, um, they were, their process was they were used to getting these availability lists and they were used to having to sift through them and say, well, you know, I really want, um, these peonies from Reverie, but I, you know, it's, it's this other farms, um, zinnias that I, you know, mm. am looking for what, whatever, whatever that process looks like for them, they're, they're having to do a whole lot of back and forth. And then they take that information and they plug it into an email and then, um, you know, they have to wait for my response back to them as to whether or not we have that product still, because there's, you know, if the list is going out to 15 different florists, it's first come first serve and they don't always know right. if they're going to get a product. And so that back and forth was really, um, it, it could be frustrating for them. And so being able to see, you know, on our platform, everything updates in real time. So if somebody buys, um, all of a product, there's no question to, um, to, uh, that next buyer, if there's product remaining or, or, you know, on the flip side, if they are really looking for a certain number of bunches, um, they're able to see that in real time and mm -hmm. not have to wonder and wait for responses back from the growers on right. that. 
Right. And all of that is labor, both for the florist and the farmer, time away from what you'd rather be doing, which is growing or designing. So you're, you, that was a big pain point that you were trying to remove. That was a huge pain point. And I think um, something that we're really conscious of is, is whatever we built had to work around the real life needs of the farmers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most of these farmers are a one woman show. Some of them are a one man show. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they don't have a lot of people to be helping them update all of their inventory and track their orders and things like that. So it's really hard to, to scale a business like that when you just have very limited time. Um, and, and, it, you know, as as we know well, um, life can get in the way, and mm -hmm. you don't want to um, be faced with a decision. You know, do I completely give up on my business for this year, um, or do I take a couple of weeks off to you know get my family in order and take care of what I need to? Um, where this this platform, you, you know, you don't have to post things every week. If if life gets in the way you just take the week off. You take mm -hmm. a couple of weeks off, and 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 that's just mm, you know what is. That's just how it needs to yeah. work in order for it to, 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 you know, be built around these farmers in an effective way. Um, yeah. mm. Well, when we first met uh, in person um, last November and um, you kind of brought me up to speed on all of this, and I think you even showed me maybe some of your wireframe, um, I remember that I couldn't get past this notion of, okay, this is perfect for your region. Like you've got the farmers in New England and the florists in New England, and you're all communicating beautifully and the product's getting from point A to point B. Like that made sense to me. What I was kind of in awe of is that you wanted to roll this out nationally. And that's really where you're at right now, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell us how, because... This just, you just turned this on in, since the first of the year for rootedfarmers.com, right? Uh, yes. So we had, we had a, we basically had a bare bones version of it that was up last summer and then that we had taken down um, as we were basically building it out further. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we just launched again um, at the start of this year. So when we were first talking through all of this in the spring, before we even had the site up, we essentially realized that there were two different problems that were there for solving. Um, so we had planned all of this stuff around uh, building it out in the northern New England region to be able to have farmers get their excess product or maybe just all of their product down to Boston. Mm -hmm. um, and that we would, we as Rooted would be handling logistics for that. So there was this whole element of like banding those growers together, figuring out how to make a tool for them to easily deliver to Boston um, without having to take that cost on individually. And then the other piece, which was something that we talked about earlier on in the spring and that ended up being, um, we ended up getting requests for this for, with, from the growers we were working with, even before we had like rolled it out or talked about doing it, um, was this idea of having a, basically building a tool that could solve these problems without having us do the logistics. So it could mm -hmm. just be emulating the relationships that already exist between growers and buyers all across the country. Um, and that they could figure out how to do the pickup and delivery themselves and that we would kind of, um, look into that <laughs> as we go. Yeah. Um, but basically there was just this whole set, this whole other set of things that we were already sort of solving regionally that we could use as part of this tool that anyone could use even outside of the Northern New England region. Yeah. yeah it really, the, it, 
the second set of problems I think is a really important set and in, in that they all kind of come down to communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that when you look at the amount of time that was being spent by both the, the growers, um, on their end, and then also the buyers on their end, um, to manage these relationships back and forth, whether you're looking at sharing the availability lists or tracking orders and trying to remember, you know, who's getting what and when, um, collecting payment, which can be a real pain in the neck for a lot of growers to be chasing down florists who maybe have, um, several weeks worth of outstanding IOUs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then just the sort of management of those, of those communications, you know, the messaging back and forth among the buyers and the growers, um, is really, th- those were all problems that we knew we could solve on a, on a more, you know, a broader um, scale than just right in our area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that was sort of our motivation was, you know, these are really important problems and they take a ton of time from people who should not have to be, you know, doing it this way. Um, and, and we can fix that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds and like I- instead of reinventing the week, like say in, you know, in another part of the country, the same needs from farmers and florists exist, instead of reinventing the wheel and creating their own platform, they can take rooted farmers and use that tool for their own, um, you know, sales and, and, and marketing component. They'll figure out the delivery or the transportation. You're not doing that for them, in other words, right? No, not outside of Northern New England. Okay. And I think one of the coolest parts that we're looking at right now is that we already have applicants from 22 states. So that there is this like, crazy clear interest from yeah. outside of New England that we're looking at in our system right now, which is really exciting. Well, so we're going to send people who are listening to this to uh, check out your platform at rootedfarmers.com. Can you just kind of talk me talk us through how a f- farmer anywhere can use the platform to showcase their inventory and then how florists anywhere can also use the site? And uh, I'm sure that there's there's a way people can go to the site and kind of walk through this in real time, but give us a little description. Yeah. So we, it's, we have an application process. And the reason for that is we really wanted to be sure that, um, we had, you know, for the same reason we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. we had legitimate buyers and legitimate growers Mm -hmm. on the platform. Um, so, so there is an application process. So if you go to rootedfarmers.com, um, you can, uh, and the header up top at the, at the top of the page, um, it says for farmers or for florists. Um, and so you can kind of navigate through to the application where it says join and, um, and you can fill out the application and in there is a field to let us know if you are a member of either slow flowers or the ASCFG, um, because, um, growers who are a member of one of those two organizations get, um, actually a free subscription for the first year, which is, um, which is a a partnership that we're really excited about with you, Deborah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And what will it, what would it be otherwise if, if, um, it was somebody who just, you know, had, wasn't part of Slow Flowers or, or ASCFG? 
So the membership fee outside of that is um, $250, and that's an annual fee and um, and gives the growers access to all of the tools that we have on the website. There is no fee for florists to use the, the site. Um, we wanted to make it as easy as possible and um, and uh, to, to bring on new florists mm-hmm. and, and not give them any reason to say no. <laughs> do, you, so, do you ask them to apply too, or I can't remember how that works? We do, yeah. Okay. We, we I think something that we're conscious of is we, we don't want to um, – we don't want to risk um, – you know, folks looking to do DIY flowers, um, coming on and, and skirting the florists because maintaining those florist relationships is really important for the farmers. Um, and, and also really important for the florists to feel Mm -hmm. like they have this sort of, you know, protected, um, space where they can access this product in a way that, um, is helpful to their businesses. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It is a it is an application process for the buyers. There's no um, there's no fee for it, but there is an application. We want to make sure that you are a real designer, great, <laughs> um, or a real buyer. Um, so so go through the application process. We are we have a lot of applications <laughs> to sift through. Um, so we're working through that this week, and we're starting to onboard um, all of the uh, all of the farms who have applied. And I have to say, it's just like. I, I just love reading the stories um, that people have submitted with their applications. And it's um, it kind of runs the spectrum of people talking about their business to sharing really, really intimate, um, you know, life moments that, that brought them to flower farming and why it's something that's so important to their wow. lives. Wow. Um, that's, so yeah. yeah, I mean, that goes back to kind of the original collegiality that you felt when you were connecting with um, growers in northern new england right yeah i think you know it was we we sort of had this pipe dream of like how great would it be to build a community that that um can either be geographically focused or can really be you know span um span the whole country um and and be able to do that through what we're building with rooted farmers mm-hmm. um and it just happened so organically with our sort of test group of farmers um, in that um, we we just naturally over the course of the season working together um, developed more of a more of a community um, and, and more of a network among ourselves in a way that um, you know I think there can be sort of this undercurrent of competition among farmers that um, is natural and um, and it it was sort of a, a pressure release valve to be able to move so much more product um, that that I think it allowed for us to um, mm. develop deeper friendships than mm-hmm. than uh, than we necessarily would have if, if we didn't have that. So I think that was a really fun and unexpected um, byproduct yeah. of it, of doing this. It's it's sort of the only way that we can feel, I guess. Like our life, our work has meaning is when we're in community as well. So, you know, and sometimes that means in community with your customers, but also having that peer group is really important. I agree. Um, that's really what I've been trying to, you know, support in Slow Flowers. And it's that's why it's felt like such a good alignment to partner with Rooted Farmers, uh, because I think I was, when I told you both, Amelia and Althea, when we got together, Slow Flowers is very much a community and I've never been able to kind of create a like a sales channel 
for um, you know transactions because that's just beyond my skill set. And so that's where I, you kind of came along, and I thought, well, this is something that can benefit members, um, and you're doing all the work. <laughs> so I really <laughs> that. Um, have to do it. <laughs> we're, this is really, it, you know, it's been when we kind of look back on the last year, it has been a, a real whirlwind. <laughs> um, but it's been so much fun to make all of these connections. And I think exactly what you said about, you know, really building that community being so crucial to all of us doing well. Um, you know, it's a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really important to, to what we're doing and, um, and why we want to maintain that integrity and really, um, just only work with farmers. There are no wholesalers who are coming on, who are bringing in any imported products, um, and, and really focus, um, on building something that, lifts up this, this group, um, that we feel really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. I got you a little off track. We were, you talked about, um, receiving applications as you vet those, then you'll onboard, uh, farmers and there'll be a little bit of, uh, like a learning curve to understand what they need to do. Like, I mean, I'm assuming January is the perfect month to get this started because hopefully <laughs> people have time to sit there and upload photos and fill out forms. But I don't want to make it sound like it's complicated. Like what, what is the process? Yeah. So, so we have got, we have gotten a lot of applications from across the country, which is really exciting for us. Um, and, and we've also had a lot of outreach from a lot of co-ops across mm, the country. Mm -hmm. um, you because, mentioned that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing something similar to what we did last year in Northern New England. And, um, and so, uh, when we first started getting that outreach, we thought, there, we could solve this problem too. Um, and so we put together um, a, a, a solution that actually works for all of those co-ops to manage um, their user groups as well. And so so that's another kind of exciting milestone for us is we've, we've had a lot of interest from those groups. Um, and, and so, you know, in terms of how they're actually using it, yes, the idea is that, you know, in January, people tend to tend to have a little bit more time, um, to be able to go on and, and learn the system. Um, I, I will say that, you know, there was this initial reaction from, um, from our farmers where they last year were thinking, you know, this is going to be a real pain in the neck to <laughs> learn how to use. And I don't have time for this. And that was in the peak of our season in early August where everybody was just, tired and overloaded. Right. Um, and so we were kind of thinking, gosh, is anybody going to agree to do this? And, and they did. And the reaction was um, universally positive where, you know, people were like, I, I thought this was going to be terrible. It saved me so much time. I can't mm. even believe it. Mm -hmm. um, we had growers um, talking about how much fun they were having uploading their inventory, which I was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't really, <laughs> I guess I didn't really think about that. But yes, it is. I it feel like a lot it's more fun. It's like a big deep cleanse. Like you only have to do it once, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. you never have to upload that photo again. So in a way, I I can see where there's this relief that sets in. Yeah. Totally. So they set up their inventory lists, and so we manage it in two different ways. So you can make your inventory active, which means it's visible to your buyers, um, and and then you can you can hide it. And so that means you know if you want to upload your whole inventory list for the whole season, um, and put it on there, and then just move things over to your active list as you mm, as you mm -hmm. have them ready, 
you can do that. And then it takes you like two seconds to build your, your availability for the week, um, which is really, uh, it's, it's a relief when you have so many other things going that have to have urgent attention to not have to deal with all of that. Right. Um, I see. So you turn off your spring product when you're, when it's August and exactly. but it, but it's, it's just parked there for next year. Yeah, you just uh, every week you update the quantities that you have. Um, we sell everything in bunches, so you just update how many bunches of ten stems you have, um, and you can change your price if you want. You can leave it the same. Um, you can decide that you want to work with a couple of your buyers in a given week, and maybe not all of them. So, um, you know, in a week when I maybe wasn't going to send product down to Boston, I would turn off all of my Boston customers and not mm. let them see my product. Um, mm. Wow. And only deliver to my local customers. Right. Or, um, or if somebody was working with a florist for a while who they decided maybe they didn't want to work with anymore, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, could... they could just... <laughs> they Ghost could just... them. <laughs> <laughs> they could just ghost them. <laughs> um, they could just, you know, they could they could make that they they would have that discretion on an sure. individual basis. Sure. So, um, you know, I think it's a lot of these sort of very nuanced tools that that we needed to build in order to have it work in the way that actual humans would make the decisions. Right. Um, right. And so that was um, that was really important to us. So uh, if someone is going to join and um, take advantage of this uh, one-year free membership, um, where are, how is Rooted Farmers going to create a revenue stream to keep this operation going? What, what are the additional ways that you're, um, you know, these transactions are generating revenue for you? So, so the transactions are... Um each transaction has an 8% transaction fee on it, and that includes the electronic payment um, fees. So we use Stripe for all of our transactions, and their fees are 3% per transaction. So um, we are taking 5% per transaction, and that really just goes to cover um, cover our costs. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of our, mm. uh, our revenue stream. And mm -hmm. so um, we really, it was important to us to price this at a point where it's accessible to the small farmer. You know, it's, it's, there are a lot of software tools out there that are on the market for unbelievable amounts of money. I mean, tens mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars and, and that's not realistic for wow. these farms, you know? Wow. So, so they're not, um, they're not paying to list any product. They only pay when it sells. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And what, what, based on your beta group that you worked with last summer, were people, I mean, first of all, I, I'm backing up a little bit. When you commented that people were, you were shocked by the demand, I'm thinking, okay, well, if the sales are going up, then that justifies the investment of paying the 8%. Like people feel like they're still going to have more revenue so that this is just a cost of doing business that, that's producing more revenue. Am I explaining that correctly or is that the thinking? You you totally are. So we, um, you know, we sold a lot more for two reasons. One was because we were moving product to a new market where we'd never sold before. Mm -hmm. So there was new opportunity there. But then even within the folks who we had been selling to, as soon as we launched the platform, they were doubling what they were buying. And it wasn't because we had different product. Wow. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. the same product that we had been offering and it just made it a lot easier for them to buy it. And mm. so, you know, going to the same place, it costs me the same amount of money. It takes me the same amount of time to drive to that place. If, I, if I'm just, you know, an individual grower and I'm selling to a local florist, it takes me the same amount of time. But now with this platform, they're buying 
twice as much from me. Right. That's that's a no-brainer for me as a farmer. Right, right. Because your every additional stem you sell is more profitable than the one before it because your your fixed costs don't change. Right. Yep. Very, very cool. Well, I'm excited uh, to see where this goes. And, and I'm excited that uh, we can be in partnership with Rooted Farmers. I think this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for our listeners who are growers and farmers, but also our listeners who are florists, who are really eager to um, put their money where their mouth is and, and support domestic flowers, uh, farms, and the people who grow them, but al- also have maybe had trouble you know, connecting with the right, uh, the right uh, product when it's maybe not in their market, but it might be somewhere else. And so they can peruse um, Rooted Farmers as, you know, once they get involved to find something that maybe another farm has in another region. And I, wh- who knows, they'll have to work out some kind of uh, <laughs> shipping pro- uh, or, deli- <laughs> or delivery, but that's the next nut to crack, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's on the list. We'll, we'll come back to that down the road. <laughs> I mean, but no, no I, think, I, I think those florists are really, really, really important to all of our businesses. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're on the front lines with, with the end customers and, um, you know, there's, there is pressure on them to be making these buying choices. And we would like to make that as easy as possible for them to be able to reach us, to communicate with us, to, um, try new product that maybe they haven't tried before and, and have never even seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there were florists who we worked with last year who were, have been doing this for 35 years and, um, and struggled in the past to work with farms for a variety of reasons. And, and, started working with us through this platform and just, it was, you know, just resounding praise, which was really exciting for us. It's, um, yeah. So, it, it's that yeah. kind of clearing house, one-stop shopping kind of um, sensation that is probably removing all previous objections for how hard it is to buy from f- local farmers. Yeah. Yep. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, I have one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, but uh, let me first ask, uh, uh, Amelia and Althea, is there anything else I didn't ask you that, I mean, of course, we're trying to cram this whole story into 45 minutes, so we're doing our best here. But did have I overlooked anything that we needed to talk about? Um, I think the only thing that I have to add is we definitely want feedback. If there are things that growers want to mm. see or florists want to see, we're totally open to it. We have our contact info on the site, and we've gotten such great feedback from people and such great requests so far. We have this really engaged audience right now, mm. which is really exciting, and we're really eager to hear from more people as we continue to build this. So you have this giant whiteboard of um, lists of all the <laughs> requests that have come in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Call it our random, brilliant ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Random, brilliant ideas. Well, I think the first random, brilliant idea happened with um, Amelia's four-year-old. So look, you're on the right track. Um, That's wonderful. I want to thank you both for being so wonderful to work with and so supportive of the Soul Flowers movement. And um, it all began, of course, when Reverie Flowers uh, joined uh, what what I'm doing. And it's really fun to... I mean, I, I could never have predicted that that, that this connection would have, have led to something so innovative and um, pivotal for the community. So I'm excited. And to that end, I just want to thank both of you for joining the Slow Flower Summit. And I want to announce that Rooted Farmers will be a premier sponsor, the premier sponsor of the Slow Flower Summit uh, in June in San Francisco. And uh, 
if you're attending, you'll get to meet Amelia and Althea, and they're going to have lots more to update everyone, including showing demos of Rooted Farmers and how it works. So florists can kick the tires if they want. Farmers can talk with you. And I'm just delighted that you're going to be part of that. Um, I think it's really important sort of cross-section where farmers and florists come together. We're really excited too. We're, we can't wait to get out to Filoli and, and have some flower adventures out there. I think it'll be, it'll be really fun for us. So we're, we're looking forward to it and we're excited to be sponsors. Great. Well, this has been so helpful. I think what we're going to do in the show notes is um, show some screenshots of how the site works and also links to um, for people to get more information and uh, and to sign up. And um, maybe we'll even show that um, that postal truck that you use to deliver your flowers in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you both so much. This has been really awesome. And, and here's to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. with developers on slowflowers.com since 2013, basically using an off-the-shelf directory software designed for a one-size-fits-all marketplace, I have had multiple conversations with myself where I thought if women were designing this product, it would be so much more intuitive. I've since considered that all young women should go into UX design because our world would be a better place. It is so refreshing that Althea and Amelia are bringing a different sensibility to Rooted Farmers' design platform. Yes, they have all the technical skills that are needed to create a highly functional product, but they bring with that a different intuition and one that I'm so grateful for. The lack of common sense thinking I run into in my own efforts to build a user-friendly platform, even though there isn't an e-commerce component, have been frustrating to say the least. Amelia is the customer, which helps tremendously in translating to Althea what and how Rooted Farmers needs to work. And I hope you experience that too. If you are a Slow Flowers member, you're invited to join Rooted Farmers for a free one-year registration to participate and market your flowers. Of course, there is an application procedure, which we've discussed. Feel free to reach out to me or to Amelia with any questions, and you can find the link to get started at today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. If you are a Slow Flowers florist, by all means, sign up and participate as a buyer. This is a farmer to florist platform specifically designed to help you source domestic and seasonal flowers. It represents the best of modern technology and the values of the Slow Flowers movement. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the US and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the US. Learn more at mayesh.com. Speaking of Mayesh, I want to give them a shout out and thank you for joining the 2020 Slow Flowers Summit as a supporting sponsor. It will be wonderful to partner with Mayesh to help connect attendees with more U.S. grown flowers and expose flower lovers to the amazing resource of Mayesh now at the San Francisco Flower Mart through its Brannan Street branch. Thank you again. Registration continues for the Slow Flowers Summit and we're nearly 50% sold out, which is great. Please join me on June 28th through June 30th. 
connecting with our fabulous speakers, enjoying the incredibly beautiful venue at Filoli Historic House and Garden, and experiencing the many features that will immerse you in the people, principles, and practices of Slow Flowers. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, Amelia and Althea of Rooted Farmers are supporting the summit as our premier sponsor. They will be in attendance at the summit and they will be sharing a demonstration of their new platform and more. You'll want to meet them. Click on over to deborahprinzing.com today for episode 438. You'll find links to all the details, including the Slow Flowers special registration discount for members who attend the summit. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 570,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprincing.com. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.